you know, I get the sense this morning, um, we need God, right? And we want God to be close to us. We want to be in uh, intimate relationship with God. And that's kind of what we're, we're talking about this morning is how, how do we need God? How are we in relationship with God? How do we have that kind of relationship? Uh, and so uh, this morning, we're going to, as Pastor Britta kind of led last week, uh, we're in this series on listening as we're seeking to listen to God, uh, which is kind of a big thing. And so we're, we're inviting you to kind of do these practices uh, to practice this listening together. Uh, and so if you don't uh, have a journal already, Pastor Britta brought these around again. If you want to raise your hand, we're going to use this now uh, if you have it with you. Um, you are welcome to engage in this however you want. Uh, but the other card also talks about this practice called Lectio Divina, which is really just this uh, means holy reading, uh, holy listening to God. Uh, and what we're going to do this morning is kind of what on the, is on the card. We're going to read it through three times. Uh, but the first two times, we're going to read it right now. And the first time, I'm going to invite you just to listen to the word, uh, to let it kind of settle in your spirit. Uh, the second time, I'm going to invite you to listen for a word or a phrase. Is there something uh, in the passage that God is kind of keeping in your mind? It, it can't go away. It's just kind of stuck in there. Uh, and then what's going to happen is I'm going to actually uh, preach the sermon. Now, I want to be really, really careful. Uh, when we preach, we're not giving you answers, right? It's not as if uh, I'm going to uh, kind of uncover and unpack something uh, super revelatory, right? Hopefully, God will do that. Uh, but it isn't about me giving you the answers, but it's about kind of creating this nuance, this invitation for us this morning. Uh, and in particular, this passage in Proverbs uh, can sometimes be treated kind of on what I would call transactional. So if I do this one thing, then God will do this one thing for me. And so uh, after we kind of listen for this word or this phrase, we're going to uh, kind of explore together what's this nuance, what's this invitation we're being invited to, to move maybe from a transactional way of engaging our faith to a relational way of engaging our faith. Again, these aren't answers. These are invitations for us to then think about what is then God inviting me to? What is God speaking to me? I firmly believe, we firmly believe that God speaks to each and every one of you and that God speaks to you whether you hear a sermon or not, that God is present and active and alive because of the gift of God's word. And so then after that, we'll invite, we'll do a third reading of this passage to kind of ask what is God inviting me to in this relationship? Okay, so the first time, uh, we're going to turn to Proverbs chapter 3. Uh, this is continuing uh, kind of in the book of Proverbs from last week. Proverbs chapter 3. And this first time when I read it, I just want to invite you to just listen. What, how is God's word kind of uh, seeping into your bones this morning? So hear these words from Proverbs chapter 3. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. So I want to encourage you now for just a moment to just take some deep breaths and kind of focus and center yourself on being close to God, on being in intimate relationship with God this morning.
as I read this a second time, I want to encourage you. Is there a word or phrase uh, perhaps that gets stuck in your mind? And if it's helpful for you, maybe write that word or phrase in the journal um, just as a, as a uh, way to kind of mark that reality. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Take a few moments, and is there a word or a phrase in that passage that is just kind of shimmering to you? Is there something that's kind of getting stuck? And just kind of sit with that for a few breaths. we continue in our time this morning, I just want to encourage you to perhaps uh, hold that word or that phrase in your mind. Uh, and as we kind of dialogue, as we talk this morning, as we have these uh, invitations, perhaps kind of uh, have that holy wondering, what could God be inviting me to uh, in this word or this phrase? Uh, but I kind of want to just uh, extend this invitation to us in our sermon. The sermon uh, is seeking to kind of be this, again, not giving answers, but this invitation, because this passage in particular uh, has some really well-known phrases. Right? These are some things uh, that we are, if you've kind of been in the church, maybe if you haven't been in the church, you hear that, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not in your understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. Like, we hear that often, right? Uh, and so I want to invite us, though, from thinking kind of from a transactional way of thinking of our faith to this relational way of thinking about our faith, right? Like, uh, trust the Lord with all your heart can kind of feel like if I just trust in God hard enough. Right? If I just pray the right prayer, if I just seek to understand what God wants me to understand, then everything will go well with me. Right? But that's kind of a transactional way of understanding our faith. Uh, <clears throat> what Solomon is doing here, Solomon is attributed with uh, writing the book of Proverbs, and he's seeking to impart wisdom. He's seeking to give wisdom that he uh, has kind of miraculously been given by God. And it says at the very beginning, my son or my child. And so Solomon is talking to one of his kids, or he's talking to a pupil, and he's seeking to impart this wisdom. Now, I will admit, as a uh, human, being a parent is one of the greatest joys I have in life. I love being a dad. And parenting is tough, right? Especially when it comes to trying to get our kids to listen. Whew. Right? Like, this is, this is a lot of work. Uh, I have uh, two children, one on the way. Uh, but a five and a seven-year-old, uh, and <clears throat> I have never understood the phrase because I said so more than having a five and a seven-year-old, right? Like, just, just please listen to what I'm asking you. Uh, and in uh, my relationship with my kids, uh, this is a bit of a confession, um, about a year ago, I picked up a practice of trying to motivate my kids to listen. 
Uh, one of the things in our house, we're not perfect at this, but we seek to kind of uh, limit the amount of screen time we have, right? Because we just want to encourage our kids to explore and play and have fun. Uh, but so it's a kind of a limited commodity in our household. And I, I realized that if I limited this limited commodity, that was a really good motivator to get my kids to do what I wanted them to do, right? Now, there's uh, nothing wrong with consequences. There's nothing wrong with kind of working those things through as a, in a parent parental relationship with our kids. Uh, but it got to the point man, I can't, yeah, here we go. This is true confessions this morning. Uh, it got to the point where I said, if you don't have your shoes tied in the next 35 seconds, you're losing five minutes of screen time, right? Like that is not the way we want to interact with our kids, right? I was treating the relationship with my kids in this transactional kind of way. If you don't do this thing, you're going to lose the privilege that you have received, right? But how often do we unintentionally and sometimes even intentionally treat our relationship with God like this transaction, if I don't have this kind of prayer, if I don't trust in God in the right way, then God's going to take away my screen time, right? But, but we sometimes do treat our faith this way, that somehow I am not going to be in right relationship with God if for some reason I just don't do the right things, or I don't pray the right prayers, or I don't trust hard enough, or I don't work hard enough. No, all of those things are so good and so true, but there's so much deeper wisdom that Solomon is inviting us to this morning. You see, Solomon is inviting us not to think about the way that we transact as if we're going to lose our screen time, but rather the relationship we are invited into with the creator of the universe to draw close to God and that this would be the motivation that drives us forward. Now, thankfully this morning, uh, Solomon has a lot more wisdom for us than just listen to God or you'll lose your screen time. And he invites a, a much deeper, a much richer way for us to engage in our faith. But it isn't really any surprise uh, that this becomes uh, the, the way we think about this passage in particular, right? Uh, at the very beginning of this series, Pastor Britta talked about kind of dish towel wisdom, right? Like that you have certain verses kind of etched on mugs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight, right? Like that's totally the kind of wisdom we often think about because it's so rich. It's so full of blessings, but it isn't just about a transaction. It's about this relationship we're being invited into. But it's no wonder that we kind of uh, get this turned around in our brains because right there at the very beginning, it says, my son, my child, don't forget these teachings. Keep these in your heart. Let this permeate your very being. Think about these things deeply. Always be present with these things for they will prolong your life many years and bring peace and prosperity. Oh, when you hear the words peace and prosperity, that sounds great, right? Peace is like mm, these warm, fuzzy feelings, and then everything will go well with me. So this sounds like a really great deal. But the thing about that is uh, we kind of miss the depth of what Solomon is inviting us to and how we think about that. So what I actually want you to do, if you have a Bible with you, to take it out. If you don't, there are Bibles in the pew in front of you. This will be a gift to those who look at these afterwards, but we're going to do a little bit of uh, underlining to kind of clarify the richness of what Solomon is inviting people to. So the first thing I want you to do is at the end of verse two, I want you to underline the words peace and prosperity. And after you underline the words peace and prosperity, somewhere in the margin, I want you to write these two words, shalom and life. Okay, so underline the word peace and and prosperity, and in the, uh, the kind of margin, write the word shalom or wholeness in parentheses, if that's helpful. Shalom is a Hebrew word, and life. Now, uh, if you've heard me preach before, you know one of the things uh, that's really valuable to me is going back and kind of uncovering the original language that the Bible was written in. 
because I think there's a, a depth and a richness to what God has given us and imparted us in these kind of original languages. And we a lot of times uh, center in the New Testament, which was written in Greek, but the Old Testament, which we're kind of sitting in this morning, is written in Hebrew. And Hebrew words carry such richness, such depth of meaning that sometimes when we translate those words, it can kind of feel a little bit surface. It doesn't quite get to the, the richness that's being communicated here. And so the first word that you underline, this word peace, uh, is actually this Jewish or Hebrew word called shalom. Has anybody heard the word shalom before? Right? Like it's a pretty well-known Hebrew word. The, the word shalom uh, is translated as peace because it's talking about things kind of being as they should. Right? Things are as they should. But it, it carries with it this significant weight. Shalom is that everything is being brought together in totality. There is a wholeness to shalom. Everything is as it should be. There's this wholeness that's being invited there. And when we sometimes hear the English word peace, it can kind of feel like, oh, the warm and fuzzies and I'm just feeling peaceful. It's not like quiet. It's saying that the, there is a wholeness, a totality to the fullness of what's being invited here. And the other word that you underlined is this word prosperity, which most directly translates to the word for life. Life itself, anything that is alive, right? And so when we hear this word prosperity, we can think, well, everything is gonna go great, but it literally means that life itself is contained here. So what Solomon is inviting these, these listeners to, these children, us by extension now as listeners of this word, is that we're invited to shalom, to wholeness and to life itself, right? There's a richness that Solomon is inviting us to. This isn't a transaction. If I have trust in God, then all of a sudden I'll feel good and everything will go well with me. No, life itself is contained in seeking to follow after God this way. Do you see this transition from kind of transaction to something much deeper and much richer that's being invited to? Is this making a little bit of sense? Okay, I'm seeing some nods. I get it. It's early. Uh, the second uh, couple of words I want to underline kind of really get at this other relational element of what Solomon is talking about. So at the beginning of verse 3, I want you to underline the words love and faithfulness. Love and faithfulness never leave you. And in the margin, you can write these other two words that are on the screen, the word hesed and the word truth. Hesed and truth. Now, love and faithfulness are actually a, a fairly good translation of these two words, but the word hesed uh, isn't, again, just kind of warm and fuzzy love. The word hesed uh, actually refers to uh, an unrelenting pursuit in love. That, that you will do anything, you will go to the ends of the earth because of the love and the sacrifice you have for one another, right? It's such a thick and rich, and it's kind of like even saying the word chesed, because, you know, in Hebrew, they had the chesed, it's like guttural, right? It's like it's deep within your core. And this word chesed that's used for love uh, refers often in kind of covenantal language, so when God makes a covenant with God's people and the love that is shared between them, it's this chesed. There's a, a commitment. There's a deep, rich, relational aspect to the kind of love God is inviting God and his people to. And then the other word uh, that's translated as faithfulness uh, directly translates to this word truth. Now, it's not just kind of like universal, absolute truth, but it's the kind of truth that talks about how we relate to each other, right? Are you going to be dependable? 
Are you going to have the kind of relationship and the kind of relationships that are truth-filled, that have integrity with how you're going to re relate to someone, or is it going to be kind of like, oh, I'll kind of give you half-truths, or I won't fully offer myself, or I won't give you all of who I am. And so it's this invitation from love and faithfulness that we are, uh, it, it, we are asked to never let the chesed of God, the covenantal love, this deep, intimate, relational love that seeks each other out, as well as this truthful way of engaging in life. Do you see this deep, rich relationship that Solomon is inviting us to? It's not just the warm fuzzies like, mm, you're just so, I love you so much. Certainly that's a part of it. But it's a deep, committed, covenanting kind of way to be in relationship. And then Solomon goes on to say that you should bind these things, this chesed and this truth, you should bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. You see, uh, Jewish people took this so literally, there's other places that talk about binding scripture to your forehead and to your hand, that they would literally write out scripture passages and kind of roll them up and put them in these little um, leather pouches and wrap them on their hands and wrap them on their forehead. And the reason they would do this is because they did not want to forget. They wanted these things to be so front and center that there could be no question that they would forget what God has called them to. And so when Solomon says, uh, bind these things around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, it's not like he's saying, take out your you know, heart iPad and punch in these words. He's not literally saying, do these things on a tablet. But what Solomon is saying is, let these things be so close and front and center. Let the love of God and the truth of your relating, how you're going to be in this kind of relationship, let those two things define you so much that they become second nature. That this becomes an intrinsic way that you approach the world. So what we're kind of trying to do here in these first few verses is to unpack that when we first read this, it can kind of feel like this transaction. If I keep the commandments that Solomon says, that everything will feel good and it will go the way that I want it to. And, and if I have love and faithfulness, if I just kind of am a, a good, uh, you know, partner, then, then everything will go well. Like I'll look, I'll look good. And Solomon is inviting this deep, rich relationship. It's not about a transaction. It's not about, if I don't do this, I'm going to lose my screen time. It's about how are you being invited to be in relationship with God, to be in relationship with the creator of the universe. And so then we get uh, to this really well-known, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge or submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Now, uh, this admittedly uh, feels on first read like if we just trust hard enough, if we just pray the right prayers, then things will go well with us. And when Solomon says, lean not on your own understanding, it doesn't just mean that we uh, pray the right prayer so that God then gives us the answer. Right? If I just trust in God more, then God will give me the right answer. And so I'm not trusting in my own understanding, I'm trusting in what God will impart. Now, I certainly believe I certainly, we're doing a practice this morning that's inviting you to listen to what God has to say to you. I certainly believe God speaks to us. But is our motivation that we're coming to find an answer or is our motivation to be in relationship with God? And so instead, when Solomon says, uh, lean not on your own understanding, Solomon is actually kind of getting at this uh, deeper level of how we relate to people and is that, are you going to think that you can determine right and wrong by yourself? Do you think that you can have this all figured out by yourself? Uh, 
couple years ago, probably, Pastor Britt and I uh, were talking about uh, a song that we both heard in elementary school, because apparently that's the kind of thing we talk about in our household. Uh, and in particular, I mean, it just gets weirder and weirder. In particular, uh, we were talking about uh, the space unit in elementary school that we both did. And we we're kind of amazed at this because there was this song in the space unit talking about mission control. And so it must have been kind of this national curriculum because I heard this song in the Midwest where I grew up and Pastor Berta grew up here in the Pacific Northwest. And so it was kind of this like, oh, this is so cool. Like we both heard this song. And for some reason we were sharing about this song. Like we were kind of singing this song because that's again, I guess what we do in our household is we sing songs from elementary school. And we were singing this song uh, and uh, Pastor Britta sang it, and I sang it, and we got to this part, Mission Control, Mission Control, do you read me? Is how I was, I'm adamant. This is 100% correct. And Pastor Britta said, Mission Control, do you need me? It's like, need me? That doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, why would Mission Control need you? Mission Control needs to read me. And so, uh, kind of ashamedly, I admit, I perhaps poked a little bit of fun at Pastor Britta for saying, Mission control, do you need me? Not mission control, do you read me? I was certain. I had utmost certainty. Mission control isn't going to need you. Mission control needs to read you, right? This is, I was adamant. I'm absolutely right about this. Well, <laughs> a few months ago, this came up again. Because again, apparently we talk about space curriculum in our house a lot. Uh, it came up again and our kids were with us. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, what, what are you, whatever. So thanks to the gift of modern technology, we went to Spotify and we found this song, right? And so we turn it on. There's a verse to kind of start with, and then it gets to the chorus. Mission control, do you read me? Yes. Right? Like, okay, I, I was right. The thing about it is the chorus continues. And there's a second time. Mission control, do you need me? I had been proven wrong right there to my face. And so this morning, I come before you in public confession I was wrong. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. Uh, certainly, this is a bit of a humorous thing, but there's a real reality to that. Because I thought I was right, it affected how I related to my wife. I wasn't kind. I kind of poked fun. Ha <laughs> ha. That was wrong. I was so certain. My certainty in my own understanding affected the way that I related with someone that mattered so deeply to me. Certainly we can have fun and be in good jest, but it altered how I related to my wife. And this is what Solomon is talking about. When Solomon says, don't lean on your own understanding, he's saying, you don't know that it's read me for sure. It might also be, do you need me? Because we do, we need God. And so when Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, uh, Solomon isn't just saying if you pray the right prayer, then God is going to give you the one-to-one -one correlation of an answer. He might. God may speak and choose that way. But the invitation instead is don't think you're so right in your own eyes that you miss the invitation to relationship with God. Right? Because then what he goes on to say, Solomon says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. Don't think you're, you are the only one who knows what's right and wrong. But then it says, in all your ways acknowledge him or submit to him. The word that's literally used there means know God. In everything you do, know God. Be in the kind of relationship with God that in everything you're doing, you're seeking to be more present to God. Not trying to get an answer from God, but to be in relationship 
with God. And then it goes on to say, and he will make your path straight. Now, this sounds real good. Because if I just uh, trust in God, and it's not my own understanding, I, I trust that God might have another thing for me to see and not read me but need me, then my path will be straight. But the path that is laid straight before us isn't a brand new paved path just for you or for me. It's not like everything else, the, the chaos and the, the uh, kind of turmoil of the world is going to be bulldozed by God. And so then you can just kind of smooth sailing, go on this freshly paved road just for you. The word that's used there when it says a straight path literally talks about a well-trodden road. And what's, what's true about a well-trodden road? It's intended for a lot of people. Right, a well-trodden road means people have walked it before, they'll walk it again, and it's for many people. And so when it says that God lays out a straight path for you, it doesn't mean that everything is going to go well with you and all, you'll have peace and prosperity forever because it feels so good for you, but rather you're being invited to relate well to each other, to this path that we all find ourselves on. You see, Solomon, he is, he's building this reality He's building this reality that in trusting in God and not leaning on our own understanding and knowing God in everything that we do, the path that is laid before us is that we have a right relationship with God, and in the right relationship with God, it will lead us to right relationship with one another. How rich is that reality? Right? Like we should put trust in the Lord with all your heart on a dish towel because it's an invitation to right relationship with God and right relationship with each other. But it isn't a guaranteed promise that everything is going to go perfectly. Anyone in this room can attest things do not always go the way that we think they should. Just because we trust God harder doesn't mean that it's going to be better or that if something goes wrong, that we didn't trust God well enough. That isn't true. The truth of this passage is that the invitation for us is to be in relationship with God. And in that relationship, God will make straight for us a way to relate well to one another, even in turmoil, even in, in chaos, even in uh, the tribulations that we face together. This is the kind of relationship God is inviting us to. And, and as if uh, to really drive this point home, Solomon goes on to say, don't be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. Don't try to do this by yourself. This is, this is required for you to trust in me. The relationship isn't so you're going to get the right answer, but that you'll be drawn into relationship with me. Don't try to do this. Don't shoulder this yourself. One of the things that's a really high value for us here at Newport is this reality of seeking to be in right relationship with God that leads to right relationship with one another. And one of the ways we've sought to do that is on Wednesday nights, there's something about gathering together for a meal around a table. Right? There's some way that our kids, our youth, and our adults all come together, and as we all come together, we seek to be in right relationship with each other. Right? There's something that happens there. It's really beautiful. If you haven't been, the last two Wednesdays or the first two we've gone to, the energy there is amazing. I mean, it's really miraculous to watch our kids, our youth, and our adults all participating in this kind of transformative work of just eating together. It's so beautiful. But one of the things as a staff we were talking about is where, where are we going to do this? Where are we going to have a space for us to kind of eat together? And so uh, if you haven't ever been there before, on the other side of our building, there's a gym or a family life center that's got orange carpet. It's, I mean, very you can't miss it. There's this orange carpet uh, gym, 
And next to that are these what are called overflow rooms, and they're kind of adjacent to the kitchen. And we thought this is a great space for us to do this work, right, to do the work of seeking to be in right relationship with God and with one another all together. And so I thought, you know, this room, uh, this overflow room, by the way, had, uh, this is certainly an exaggeration, but it certainly felt like hundreds of chairs, right? This church knows how to do fellowship well, and there were like hundreds of these heavy, uh, kind of puffy-filled red chairs all stacked in stacks of eight, right? And so I was thinking, you know, this is a great space for us to create space to be in fellowship together. We just need to move these chairs, and there's some kind of buildings up here that aren't being used right now. Let's at least, even temporarily, let's move these chairs from this room to this other room. And so we kind of scheduled this day. We'll do this. It won't be a big deal. Get in the room. It's like, there are a lot of chairs in this room. And uh, this great uh, wisdom that I had of moving these chairs from this overflow room to the back, uh, the most direct and clear path for those chairs is eight at a time on these uh, carts, both of which had wheels that were falling off, uh, through all of the hallways from the gym, through the sanctuary, out that door, up the driveway over two speed bumps to then land up over here where there's then a rock wall where all of these chairs then need to get put into these buildings. Great. Super great. Thankfully, uh, Susan, our administrator, has much more wisdom than I and invited her son, Nathaniel, thank you, Nathaniel, uh, to join me. And so I was like, we got this. Nathaniel and I, we're younger, you know, we've got like youth, we're spry, no problem. <laughs> By the seventh or eighth stack doing this run, I was like, you know, my shoulder, not feeling super great. This was two and a half weeks ago. This is the first day I can do this. I mean, I, when you talk about nourishment to your bones, oof, I did the exact opposite. I, I mean, I pulled something, I did something, it was not pretty. But I was wise, right? We got this. By about the 12th stack, I uh, dropped them there as Nathaniel's up, kind of taking them over the rock wall and putting them away. And Nathaniel goes, you know what I'm dreaming of? What, Nathaniel? A team. Wisdom staring me in the face, right? A team. Imagine that as if we had asked for more people, this might have gone better with me. I might not have messed up my shoulder to clear the space. Now, did the work get done? Absolutely. But how often do we do this in our faith? I got this. I can shoulder this. This won't be a big problem. And it doesn't mean that all of our physical ailments will just disappear. disappear. What, what Solomon actually says here at the end, this, uh, it's this good for your body and nourishment to your bones. Uh, at a staff meeting, Pastor Scott read this passage in the NRSV, the New Revised Standard Version, and it literally says healing can take place. When it isn't about just what I can do, just what I can shoulder, when I'm in this intimate relationship with God, reconciliation can actually happen. What? Right? This isn't just this transaction. If I just pray to God, then God is going to give me the right answer, and then I can have a really great life, and I'll know what career path to take, and I'll, every, uh, all the wealth in the world will just kind of come to me. It sounds so good, and it, I understand. right? Because we, we all long for that. But the invitation here is for us to be in relationship with God. And in seeking to have right relationship with God, God helps us to have right relationship 
with one another, where healing can actually take place, where nourishment can literally seep to our bones and the bones of our community. In this series in the beginning, we've been asking this question, why do we listen? Why do we listen to God? And it makes sense, but we don't listen to God just because God is going to give us an answer. We don't listen to God just because of what I'm going to get out of the deal. It doesn't mean that God won't speak. It doesn't mean that God won't give us answers. But the reason we listen to God is to be in right relationship with God and to be invited to right relationship with one another. It doesn't mean everything's always going to go like we hope it will or that we expect it should. In fact, uh, next week we're kind of pivoting to this uh, listening, the call of the prophets, and we're going to see that what happens when we listen is not always, most often, not what we'd expect or what we would hope. But the invitation instead is this right relationship with God and with one another. And so as we close, I want to read this passage for us again. Again, I'm not giving you answers. I didn't give you answers. The invitation for you is in this relationship you have with God. Whoa, the creator of the universe, the kind of healing and reconciliation that can come, the shalom and life itself that come from God. What might God be inviting you to? And so if you have uh, your journal with you, I invite you to take it out to maybe draw a picture, to jot something down, to uh, maybe you've been doodling or, or taking uh, kind of some reflection already. But what is God inviting you to in this relationship, in, in right relationship with God and right relationship with one another? And after that, I'll give you just a few moments of quiet to reflect. Proverbs 3, verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity, shalom and life. Let love and faithfulness, chesed and truth never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. What invitation is God extending you today? How is this word or this phrase inviting you into deeper relationship the creator of the universe. Take a few moments to reflect, to write, to focus on your breathing. joy we praise you gracious God for you have created heaven and earth made us in your image and kept covenant 
with us, even when we fall into sin. We give you thanks for Jesus Christ, our Lord, who came among us as the Word made flesh to show us your glory full of grace and truth. Come among us now as we gather again at this, your table, to reconcile us to you and to one another. In the name of Jesus, we pray.